0: Comes way at night. Hello cocktail lovers, welcome to Paris Cocktail Talk, the show brought to you by the 52 Martini's Guide to Paris Cocktail Bars. I'm Force Collins and I'm here to talk to you about the trends and traditions of drinking in France. Now I am super excited about this month's topic because in addition to liking to drink, I'm a little bit of a geek and so I like things that have to do with technology and this, I find all of this fascinating. So I have for quite some time been really interested in like blockchain, crypto, and NFTs. And I even, (laughs) as I'm super interested in it, I find it really hard to wrap my head around. Um, And I'm also interested in how it might apply to the industries of drinks, food, hospitality. So I am very lucky because uh, I have my good friend, um, Tim Ward, who Uh, is involved in this in France, and also Paul Aguilera, who's both of these people have been very kindly willing to be a guest on our show this month and talk to us a little bit about this. Now, Tim is a brand ambassador for Monkey Shoulder. You might be, well, hopefully you're well aware of this whiskey. It's a whiskey that comes out of Scotland. And Paul was a flavor developer for Hemcock, which you also, if you are at all familiar with the sort of NFT technology around cocktails, you were... Probably know about that because he was a flavor developer for hemcock so now he is working with um campari and aperol but i will let them both introduce themselves a little bit better than i am capable of doing and and then we're <laughs> going to talk about about how exciting this technology is around drinks so okay i'm dropping the the, the floor now to you tim um t- hi t- listeners. it's hi. great
1: speaking to you um, and uh, yeah, we've known each other for, for a long time now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm uh, the ambassador for Monkey Shoulder still. I've been for um, just over nine years now. And uh, before that, I was working in the Hotel Ritz um, and left just before the renovation. Um, but I've been a bartender all my, pretty much all my career um, and been in France now for 17 years. So get a real look at the French uh, bar industry. And, uh, you know, you've been covering it for uh, just about as many years, 52 Martini's. It's my um, uh, go-to for looking for for cool bars as well and great stories. So um, that's fabulous. And there's still a lot of things happening in the industry. And uh, yeah, we're here uh, today to talk more about the the blockchain technology and uh, what it it can mean for, for the hospitality industry. And, um, yeah, it's still still very new, and uh, I think it's going to be taken on by a lot more people uh, in maybe a very short time. There'll be a, a large onboarding of people who get involved. Maybe we'll be involved and, and won't even necessarily realise. So, uh, yeah, it's a little bit about me and what we're going to talk about. So, uh, Paul, if you just want to take yeah. over a little bit.
2: Sure. Uh, thank you, Forrest, first of all, for having me here. I'm actually French-Mexican, but uh, yeah, <laughs> super cool that this will be listened to in France. So I've been, uh, my for me, my drinks career, I've worked at Himcook for the past uh, five years as a flavor developer. I worked very closely with uh, Marosh Zurus. He's like the head bartender. He's a, he's a legend worldwide. And uh, recently, I switched over to a company called uh, Robert Brazilius, where I'll be in charge of mainly the Campari and Aperol portfolio. But since we're here to talk about blockchain technology, I mean, uh, this year, me and Marosh, uh, we did a NFT kind of blockchain menu for Himcook. And uh, I've always been, uh, I mean, I'm a geek myself, and I have been involved in blockchain ever since 2017. And right now, you can really see like a whole boom Uh, around this technology for NFTs, art, marketing, and I think uh, like Tim is well aware it's going to be, I I believe it's going to be the future uh, for some industries. But uh, it's great that we're going to be able to talk about this today.
0: I'm very excited to talk about this. And now, uh, by the way, I just um, moderated last night a talk on NFTs and the food and drink um, industry and so, so I kept saying Hemcock, but apparently I've just understood that it's Hemkook. Sorry, I haven't been to, to Norway for a while, so I haven't been there. But and that was actually a bar that came up in this discussion as sort of a leader when it comes to drinks and NFT technology. But for me, even though I'm super interested in this and like I've got my head in it, it's still under, it's difficult for me to understand. So can one of you, I'll let you decide which one, um, give the listeners, like, can you explain to them what NFT means? I mean, it's it's tough to kind of, like, grasp unless you're actually really doing it.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll jump in quick, and I'm sure Paul's got a, a few opinions on it as well. I mean, at the end of the day, it's authentication. So uh, anything uh, that you want to authenticate and say that this is the real thing uh, it's just some code which is written into the uh, into the blockchain and sent from computer to computer to computer to computer so it can never be falsified and uh, there's, there's no one central uh, base of computers which control this information so nothing can be changed and if anything is changed then um, everybody else knows about it so uh, that's kind of the, the authentication and also If somebody does sell something, for example, with this authentication, uh, they can uh, immediately uh, see where their their thing goes, whatever they sell, and they can also take royalties on every single sale. So like the music industry is coming in very quickly um, because the musicians often lose out on a lot of um, sales because because of this, uh, they don't have this authentication and royalty uh, base. So that's that's kind of one angle, but there's many many angles to it, and it is very vast. Uh, there's many blockchains as well. It's not just one. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think for the hospitality industry, marketing could be a large thing. Uh, authentication of of uh, rest of bars, of restaurants, of um, recipes. Uh, um, yeah, I'll let Paul take over because he has actually done a whole menu, which has been. Uh, and it's minted on the blockchain. So that's what this this terminology we use to say that it's actually on there. And um, yeah, his whole menu was done and sold in, I think it was a week
2: or two, uh, Paul? Yeah, it took two weeks uh, to sell off. I mean, you know, like our industry was, I mean, not many people, uh, even though like blockchain technology has been, you know, it's it's existed for the past 10 years. It's, It's nothing new. It's just now uh, people are implementing this technology for like, like you said, like Tim, uh, marketing, uh, music, uh, there's uh, g- uh, games. Uh, we believe that blockchain technology is going to be huge for games. Uh, like, I don't know if you guys also have seen like uh, uh, blockchain is usually referred to as well with the metaverse. And the uh, Facebook, I think, is about to announce that they're going to rebrand uh, their whole uh, company and entity into this like metaverse where uh, everything will be digital and online. So and like Tim said like NFT technology is like NFT is like non-fungible token so you can um give it value like people give it uh, you can give whatever value you want to it as long as you create kind of like this community in some way uh for the himcook menu uh, what we did is um uh, we br- we minted, like uh, put on the blockchain, our 13 cocktails. We always have 13 cocktails uh, in our yearly menu. So we minted those. And what we did is uh, basically uh, the people got the NFT. So the non-fungible token was uh, like a digital art piece. And then we attached to it uh, also the physical art piece uh, by the artist. Her name was uh, Ezra. Her name is Ezra Roisa. And what we did as well is like we collaborated with brands. So brands pledge experiences to these tokens. So you see, you can add whatever value you uh, want uh, to them. So like, if I can give you an example, uh, when some token um, with uh, a Campari. Uh, the person who bought the NFT uh, with the Campari uh, experience inside, uh, they getting, uh, by purchasing this, they would get the digital token, they would get the physical signed uh, piece, and also they would get uh, two full nights in Milano paid by uh, Campari. So there's many things you can uh, do around uh, with, with this technology. So it's, uh, it's absolutely uh, mind-blowing because uh, we've just scratched, I think, the surface of how far uh, you can go. Uh, I think uh, Tim as well. You, you, you've seen like you even sent me the link. There's like now a uh, monkey shoulder concerts on Metaverse. You know? yeah, so- monkey
1: shoulder, yeah, they're that- sponsored. <coughs> yeah, they're one of the main sport, well, one of the uh, sponsors for um, the Metaverse uh, festival, and uh, they'll be um, doing some DJ recording for the after party. So it's quite a huge event at the moment, which is ongoing uh, on Decentraland, which is one of the. Um, one of the metaverses where you, you can immerse yourself in
2: as an avatar
1: and you can put a virtual headset on if you have one or just use your computer or phone and uh, you can you can be in the, the concert and, and listen to artists there were some great artists on last night and um uh, crafty cuts and a skills are going to be playing the uh, after party which is um some uh, sunday or monday I think. So, so this
0: is quite a big uh, <coughs> an it. yeah. Correct. Right. Um, I think that's very cool. The, first of all, back to the Gumpari experience. So when I was on this um, talk last night uh, about NFTs around this industry um, and the Cook menu did come up and the person who was presenting was talking about the experiences. Uh, and I think that's interesting for our listeners to realize that the NFT doesn't just mean this digital token it's a digital product, but it can also mean something behind that as well, which is these experiences. And just as a second side note, I was recently in Milan for a big cocktail tour and I went to the Campari bar, which is pretty amazing there. So I don't know what all is involved with the experience that comes with that, but I just have to give a big like thumbs up because normally I'm like, yeah, I'm in the industry branding stuff, interesting, but really the camp Camparino bar there in Milan is awesome. So if that experience is not sold and anybody's interested in that, I'm just bringing that to listeners. You should check this out. I will put links in the show notes to um, where to find um, things uh, about these experiences and uh, about the concerts that Tim is talking about. Um, So sorry, I just rambled for a second there, but I want to kind of bring us back to a point where we have like most of my listeners are people who they love cocktails maybe they're a little geeky maybe they're not i don't know but like can one of you or both of you say why is this important to the cocktail drinking public other than they might get some cool experiences like what should they be paying attention to this like you know how how important is it
1: well um i i think you know they they can be part of something if they love a, a brand or a or a cocktail or a bar or um, or um, yeah, a restaurant, then if this restaurant has NFTs, they can buy them and be involved with the community of the bar or the restaurant and be in- informed of any uh, special events, maybe get invited to secret events because they have this uh, token. And uh, yeah, just, just build the community and maybe they can even benefit by... Um, by these tokens some, some uh, uh, people and some companies do use them as a, a pool where people have the tokens and actually receive um, goods or, or even um, more coins in, in return for, for being uh, uh, for having fidelity and holding on to the tokens. So there's, there's many many different uh, ways this, this could work for uh, both the customer base, both the fan base, both the artists base, both the um, creators, uh, the bartenders, the, the staff. Um, yeah, it, I think it will generally pretty much change everything. And there's not many rules as well, because anything could be possible, if you like. It's a way of um, proving stake and proving what has happened. And um, it's, you don't have to write stuff down because it's there.
0: That is something I find interesting about um, NFTs and blockchain. When you say proving, I think that's interesting because in the world of both food and drink recipes, you know, it's, you can't, it's difficult to copyright recipes. So I do think this is a way to establish ownership, if you will, over a recipe. Um, I mean, it might be a tiny bit misleading because there's not a legal backing behind it, but it is a way to jump in there and, uh, and establish that. Um, Sorry, I just jumped in. Anyway, Paul, do you have something else to add on my question about why is this particularly interesting to the consumer?
2: I mean, like Tim said, I see this as a, I mean, maybe we're a bit too early. I think this technology, like it's very new uh, to people. I think maybe 1% of the planet kind of knows about it. In all honesty, but I see it as the new marketing 2.0, you know, like we we always, I mean, I studied marketing in in university and uh, with the, um, I mean, very old school classic, how like big corporations are organized. And then you can see how you can completely decentralize stuff and actually target your uh, consumers and audience and people that you, you know, that you want to interact with. Like if you look at Instagram campaigns or Facebook campaigns are today, you have to pay. Uh, how many of those likes or reshares and stuff like that are mainly bots, in all honesty. And if we use kind of like, uh, yeah, NFTs and a new kind of like, uh, there's uh, this uh, uh, thing called, uh, I forgot the name, Discord. Like it's kind of like servers. We can talk to people. And I think using blockchain technology would uh, really help in targeting your actually, uh, the final consumer that you really want to reach to and, and to interact to. And use kind of like these tokens as rewards and staking, uh, like uh, like Tim said. So, uh, and of course, like, yeah, like also for bartenders to use these as like, yeah, I was uh, kind of, this is my recipe and things like that. Uh, So, but mainly I see this technology as well. Like we use this blockchain in Norway because, you know, Norway is a very kind of like dark market and we can't market uh, like brands, like uh, alcohol brands can market themselves. So we kind of use that as a blockchain technology to like, kind of like... past this uh, gray area so we used art blockchain and like uh, hid the symbols from brands so it was like the perfect win-win situation so i think for a market like norway using blockchain and art it's a great way to yeah to do marketing and engage with with people all around the world and of course norway as well so yeah that's uh, my point of view uh, how we can really use this technology
0: um i also had somebody make a comment to me which i found interesting in terms of especially in the U S when you go into bars, you have to prove your age, right? You have to prove you're over 21. Now Tim has met me. So he knows I'm <laughs> clearly way over 21 and nobody's going to guess that I'm not, but still I was just in Seattle recently and somebody asked for my ID when I walked into a bar, which made me kind of chuckle. Cause I thought, wow, I'm way 20 years over 21 more than that. Um, but, um, somebody was talking about using kind of these technologies as a way to prove your age without providing all of your information. So instead of pulling out my passport or my driver's license, so somebody has right in front of their face, my address, my date of birth, it's just a way to prove that you are of legal drinking age, um, but without having to share all of your information with somebody. Does this seem like an interesting use? For this technology, in terms of the cocktail world, or is that just something I kind of found interesting in passing?
1: Um, I think think it could be possible. I mean, if you yeah, if you had a, a, an NFT which proved uh, age, um, there would probably be a, a lot of code behind that, and uh, there is contracts that can be written up on the Ethereum blockchain. So complicated things can be can be done. Um, and, uh, yeah, if, if the government <coughs> would like to get involved in, in it more and maybe then, you know, they can officially have a, a token which says, like, this is, this is your age and you can enter into certain places. Yeah, that's definitely possible. The technology is pretty much already there for that. Just needs, um, you know, government backing, I think, for, for major, major um, legislation. So, but uh, other, other ways it could just be like um, everyone who, who likes this bar can go into the secret bar behind the bar which nobody knows about if they have this uh, token as well so there's there's many ways a, a, a customer of a bar could could use this technology to to, to find out about things to have a, a secret cocktail on the menu to um, yeah the 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 um, possibilities are, are quite endless in, in, that, in that sense. So uh, yeah, it's quite a good idea
0: for us. So what are the next steps? Like for me, I'm super interested in this technology. Um, but like, do we talk more towards the consumers, saying, "Hey, make more demand for this in bars," or do we share this information within our industry? Like, what would what helps us advance this technology within the world of cocktail and spirits? Really go,
2: Paul. Yeah, I would say uh, education first, because when we launched our project uh, here in Norway, it's, it's quite difficult because our industry, I mean, we, we talked to some top management uh, companies. Uh, of course, when we pitched our project, everybody kind of knew about it. But we, we talked about like uh, normal people, normal bartenders, or unless you're really geeky, you'll know about it. But not many people know about this technology or what's coming as more and more because you see uh, now cryptocurrency is very hot. Uh, in the markets at the moment and people are starting to learn but you have to understand this is something new it would be important to educate like I know Bacardi had uh, an NFT drop I know also uh, Campari also did their thing with a very famous artist and uh, I think like uh, brands are starting uh, to educate but uh, yeah it's going to go from the top tier uh, management down to you know uh, kind of like this classic old marketing how it goes to the final like uh, bartenders, consumers um, but I think the most important thing is to like uh, me and Tim, have been, we talk a lot and we talk a lot about blockchain and the NFTs and everything. But the main important thing is to educate people because it's not as easy as you think unless you're using uh, Ethereum. But there are other chains like Tim said, and that's more complicated. So I think uh, education is key here uh, to, for everybody to kind of understand and know how to use it properly.
0: Uh, I think that's definitely true. And just for my listeners who may or may not know, Ethereum is a blockchain. And I think you guys can correct me, but it is the primary one where we're seeing these NFTs, even though they can be on other blockchains as well. Um, But in terms of this education, um, I know that I'm gonna have listeners that are gonna think, this seems like a super exciting technology. I can see lots of applications for it, but even like me, they're gonna go, I don't really know how to get started in even understanding this. So do you guys have, I mean, obviously I will put links to, to the ham cook menu and Tim anything that you send me, but, and I do think about block t- blockchain technologies a lot, like, you know, back in the nineties, like the internet exploding, we were all kind of like, what's going on? Well, I was not all of my listeners who probably were babies at the time, but I mean, we were all kind of like, what's going on? And then it exploded and it was just an integral part of our lives. Um, so yeah, I do think that that is, um, yeah, I think it'll be interesting and yeah. become integral. Well, I think,
1: did you say, like, a, a bars and bartenders were involved in those early days on the internet when it was archaic and I remember Colin and uh, Dave Wondrich and... Uh, and Gary and all those people were, were getting online and exchanging ideas, stories, uh, recipes on the internet when it was first. You know, the first uh, the first web pages that came about and Drinkboy and stuff like this. They were,
0: oh God, yeah.
1: They I mean, they, they were even before Drinkboy. They were exchanging on on some uh, some sites which probably sure. don't exist
0: anymore. I'm from Seattle, which is where Robert House Drinkboy is from, and I hmm. remember 20 years ago plus 20 plus you know, looking up recipes online on the very nascent internet and trying to find a recipe for a bloody Mary. And it was there. Okay. I have to warn us all that we are like two minutes towards the end of our recording time. So I'm going to quickly ask Paul, if he wants to add something else in here before I toss over to Tim to give us a cocktail of the month, but Paul, sorry. I feel like I've been talking a lot in, in the middle of my interview because I'm super interested in this topic. Do you have something else that you want to add for our listeners about um, this topic around cocktails and spirits.
2: Uh, no, I think uh, Tim uh, resumed very well. If you want to learn more, I would say to read a lot of uh, medium. Like a uh, medium, I think is a great platform around technology, so you can read a lot of articles. Uh, also, if you want to learn more, use Twitter uh, because uh, everything that's around technology uh, is on Twitter to be honestly <laughs> to be honest. I stopped using mainly Facebook and Instagram. Now I'm just hooked on Twitter because that's where all the tech and financial information comes from. And I think it's a much more uh, smarter or productive platform in all honesty. And then also remember that this technology is new. And uh, please remember that uh, to, if you decide to jump in or invest or anything you do, just make sure that you're willing to lose it. And I think that is super important uh, <laughs> to anybody uh, starting uh, into this whole uh, NFT, uh, uh, crypto uh, cocktails and everything. Just uh, make sure to, yeah, to, to be, uh, be well informed uh, because it's uh, something that moves very fast. Uh, and that, that's about it.
0: I think that's good advice. I mean, I like to play around in it, but with a few hundred dollars, not with my whole life savings. So, Correct. Um, so I like that. Okay. I am going to toss this over to Tim, who is going to give our curious listeners a cocktail of the month. Tim, what are we drinking this month?
1: Well, it's going to have to be the penicillin. Um, it's a cocktail from the uh, 90s and um, created by Sam Ross. Um, at milk and honey, and um, he originally used uh, blended uh, Scotch bells and LaFarge uh, an peated whiskey. Um, I suggest using now uh, we've got a smoky monkey. It's a peated uh, version of Monkey Shoulder. Um, with uh, you can you can make a, a ginger honey syrup if you like if you've got honey and just put some ginger together with it in some way, or just crush the ginger in a shaker, or if you've got a and uh, uh, a juicer, maybe juice some fresh ginger juice, which is absolutely amazing, a bit of honey, lemon juice, uh, a point of sugar syrup as well, and, um, you know, a peated whiskey, if you like. If you can get hold of Smokey Monkey, if not, um, uh, a bath spoon of Laphroaig will do. Yeah, all right. we'll, leave, we'll leave you the recipe.
0: Yeah, I will put the recipe in the show notes. Please, and sure. I'm a big fan of a penicillin and a big fan of monkey shoulders. So um, so you're I will right. definitely share that out with listeners. I'm going to wrap up really quickly and say that is a wrap for this month. Um, don't forget to come back next month. We're going to be talking about historically drinking in Belleville, Paris, which is going to be a super interesting nice. deep dive on something. Um, oh, and if you're looking for more cocktail and drinks, talk between shows, head over to 52martinis.com. If you want to put me in your pocket, download my iOS app that's called Paris Cocktails and talks about Paris cocktail bars. Um, Thank you to my guests today. Thank you to all of you for tuning in or downloading or listening on whatever platform you're listening to to me on. Thanks to World Radio Paris for editing and production. Thank you to Sun Little for the music we use. And uh, I will put links up for things we've talked about And as usual, I remind you to drink responsibly. And until next time, cheers.